Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we are going to talk about some steps we've taken in our businesses in an effort to move forward during this big shift on our reselling landscape. We are a few weeks into our new normal, and we thought it would be a good time to talk about some things Lori and I have tried out, things that are a little bit outside the box and a little bit outside of our comfort zone. One thing in life and in business we can always count on is change. Today, we are going to talk about some changes we've made to keep it going. We hope that you are all safe and sound during this uncertain time. Okay, everyone, grab your beverage of choice, turn on your steamer, or dig into whatever you're working on today. Let's get the conversation started. Hey, Daniela. How are are you you? doing? I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like this this week was better than last week for for me, particularly. What about you? For sure. Um, I I think so. I I feel like we are hitting our stride um, in this new normal and finding our rhythm and just you know, making some changes and trying, trying to just keep it all moving. I feel like my kids have settled in. Um, the schools are going to, um, have required work, which is really great on Monday, just to help Rocco in particular with the schedule. And yeah, I don't know. Business was a little bit better this week, so I'm good. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah. I feel like it's funny. Last week, some people reached out to me and they were like, you sounded so sad in the episode. You sound so stressed. And I'm like, well, yeah, I was. You were, you were. <laughs> I was. Um, I'm a little better this week. I definitely um, left work early a few times to earlier, I should say, than yeah. what I was. And I didn't inundate myself with a lot of things at work. I just kind of mentally couldn't do it. So you sound so much better. Oh yeah. No, I am. And I rested basically all day yesterday. I had a good day yesterday and it was a good week. So, you know, I can't, I cannot complain. It's, I'm in a much better headspace too, because I have some of the things I'm working on and, and I just have a plan. I guess the, the part of it was, I didn't know what to do, right? Like a lot of us, like, what do we do? What are we, what are we going to do with ourselves if this is going to be a new normal for like three months, which is very possible you know Very possible yeah i mean that that thought scares me but not not scares me but i'm like wow yeah like i think i'm looking for this month you know because the mm-hmm. official order is through april 30th and we all know that it's going to be extended um 100%. i mean i'm just you know i'm just a just a layman out here with my opinion but i'm pretty confident that uh that's going to be extended but um yeah so i'm just like thinking about april right now but long term, yeah, we we've definitely had to shift and um, and go in a different direction. So it's nice to have a new vision because without it, I I can see why you were feeling like a little, you know, distraught. Yeah, and I think it helps to take this situation and and make it something constructive and positive and and figure things out and maybe revamp. And I know that's what I've doing and changing the way I do things and changing the way my business is going and even in my personal life changing some things so like you know take the situation that we're in and use the time that we have to create something beautiful out of it yeah so that's actually what we're talking about today we're just we want to talk about I feel like there have been a couple weeks talking about what are we going to do? This is stressful. And I think everybody trying to find their rhythm and then like a lot of suggestions have been thrown out there. And now I feel like we're kind of in this 
practical phase, like, okay, the suggestions are out there. We are home or we are in a routine. You're not home, but like, you know, like we're, we're doing what we're doing. So now what, like, what are the steps we're taking? I feel like this is a good action episode in what we're doing. And, you know, hopefully some people hear something we say that might inspire them to, to go off in a direction that they might not have thought about, or maybe they have been thinking about it and they're ready to pull the trigger on it. So yeah, um, this is kind of a hopeful episode. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I am. And I also want to say thank you to everyone who has been sharing our podcast as well. Like I've seen some posts out there that have been floating around of like reseller related podcasts or business related podcasts and we've popped up a few times. So that's really fun. So thank oh, you. It's guys so nice. That. I know. I'm always like very humbled when somebody shares anything that I put out there. Right. <laughs> it's and really nice. It's It's really... This community has been rocking. I will say that like the lives have been great. The zoom chats have been awesome and I've appreciated it very much. A, a lot of people have kept me company Yeah, in our community and it's been super nice. Yeah, it's been really nice. So let's talk about some things that we've been working on Lori. So one thing that I think we should talk about is your method and what you started doing. You made a whole YouTube video on it and how you're decluttering your closet. Yeah, I'm actually sitting in my closet right now um, doing this podcast because it's a nice quiet space. But um, it, what I did was not at all original, um, but I applied the Marie Kondo method or the Marie method to my closet. And that included just taking everything out of the space. And I have a generally large space for my closet. I think when this house was built, the room that I made into my closet was meant to be like an like a small office or like maybe a nursery or a small right. exercise room. And for the first 10 years we were here, it was unfinished and it was behind a locked door and it was freezing in the winter and hot in the summer. And, uh, but we would, it was a storage room. And then I just decided I wanted to make it a closet. So I, with my cousin, who's a contractor, refinished it. And it's this really beautiful space is why like I'm giving it that little background because um, it was just overcrowded in a mess. And the, the Marie Kondo method is just removing everything from the space and I put everything on my bed and um, I had to really think long and hard about what I wanted to reintroduce and I got rid of so much stuff and it just felt really good and it was it was a means of decluttering but also like I'm using the stuff to as I'm basically sourcing from my closet, which I think a lot of people are doing right now mm -hmm. um, and it's just it's been on my bucket list forever forever. And I just finally went for it. And it was one very long, exhausting day, <laughs> phase one. And um, yeah. I got through it. And now now phase two is just getting some things listed and what I'm going to do with the big pile, the giant pile. So I, I pulled like over 100 pieces, probably about 125, 150, around there from my closet. So I have a lot to work with, which is good. And um, the space has been beautiful and just put me in a better place all around. It's been great. I think it's it's funny because we were talking. Obviously, we, we talk every day. That's you know. But yes. um, on Monday, we were we were going. We were both busy doing decluttering of different sorts and sending each other pictures of our disasters in our bedrooms. Right. So that was just piles yes. of clothing everywhere, and it was a mess and super stressful when you first start doing it because you're like, oh my god, there's just so much stuff. How did it even get this bad? And you don't even know where to start. And then as you keep plugging along, you know, it gets easier and easier, and then you just kind of find your rhythm and you keep absolutely, going. absolutely. I think I started at one thirty, and I think at about. 8 p.m. I found my rhythm <laughs> like <it> was, <laughs> because I had to get through the stuff on hangers first and dresses and then 
some of the stuff that were in the drawers I hadn't really touched in a long time. So they were easy to let go of. But I mean, it also brings up a lot of emotions um, because I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that I was emotionally attached, am emotionally attached to some pieces of clothing and whatever for different reasons. Or it on my honeymoon, had it in high school, like bought it with the first paycheck from a job or things like that, you know, and it's hard to let go of that stuff and dealing with like issues with my weight, like things that I wish fit, but don't. And do I let it go and just say, okay, you know, you're like 30 pounds away from that dress, Lori. So let's just call it a day and move forward. You know, it, it really, it, it, it is an emotional process and it is, but, but worthwhile. So. Yeah. And I mean, and you feel better too, I'm assuming having the space now that you can kind of go in and, and record a podcast or relax, maybe record a YouTube video in it, you know, and just have the, the space for yourself. And when I first did it over, that's exactly what this was. So that was even making me sad because I knew what my intention was when I first made this space and how nice it was. It's, it, it can be like an oasis. Like I have an older chair in here um, and I moved an ottoman over. So like right now during the podcast, um, you know, I was able to like put my coffee on the ottoman and I have a nice little rug and a chandelier that I bought at a yard sale and chalk painted in this fun mustard color that's in my closet in like my grandmother's hope chest and that I painted it was broken and I restored it and painted it and all these things that mean a lot to me that were just had piles and piles of junk on top of it so yeah it's been great it's great it's great how about you tell me you had a very very busy week (laughs) I did I did so last episode I talked about how I needed to get rid of inventory because I'm I'm literally revamping my entire business Um, I'm changing basically everything that I do so more to come on that I'm not going to talk about that in this episode because I want to keep it a little bit of a secret Uh, a few people know what I'm doing but it's um under wraps. It's, we're under construction right now. <laughs> under construction. Um, so I had the idea of doing not so mystery reseller boxes because personally, I don't like mystery boxes. I don't like not knowing what I'm going to get because I'm paying money into something and it could be wonderful or it could just be something I make no money on. It's a complete loss. So yeah. I like the idea of telling people what it is they're getting um, and then kind of going from there and the way that I had priced them was basically with one item that you sell, you would make back all of your money. So I had, I had some things priced pretty low. And people oh my gosh. I could really quit your prices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had some real quality pieces for, I did, but that was so affordable. My- that was my intention. Like I don't, I had to eliminate the emotion in it all. You know, and like when I looked at the stuff, I couldn't be like, oh man, I can make 50 bucks on this and I'm selling the whole box for 50 bucks. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. look at it that way. I had to really take that part out. And at that's the time, such a huge step in reselling is be able yeah. to remove the emotion. So that's, that's huge kudos to you. That's hard to do. It's extremely difficult to do. So I would now, if I go back in time, next time, if I do this, I'm going to actually package the boxes beforehand then list stuff because what I did was not good. (laughs) Well, again, we learn with every experience, right? Yeah, it was not good. And then I'm searching through piles and piles of clothes and trying to put things together and freaking out because I can't find stuff. And, you know, anyway, so I just took the listing pictures of my items. I put it into a little grid that, you know, Instagram has that collage grid app. So I used what I used that. I just wrote down what each item was in Instagram stories. 
and I would post it with the, with the price. Then I would also follow up with an Instagram post. So I, I made it very social and I would share it. And then, you know, everyone else would share it for me. So that was really helpful. So many of you that listen to the podcast bought boxes from me. So I'm very thankful for all of you. Thank you for awesome. doing that. Awesome. Yeah, That's so great. It is. And they shared it too with all their friends. So I'm very, very thankful for all of you for doing that. Um, and you know, it just kind of spiraled and it became like, it was nonstop. I sold, um, as of yesterday, I have sold 33 boxes. Oh my goodness. That is what an adrenaline rush. I could like hear it in your voice. Like you were like sky high all week. Like, Oh Oh, my gosh, another one. Oh my gosh, another one. It was crazy. Like I, I didn't know how it was going to go, right? Because you never envision things taking off the, the way that it might. And, you know, I'm just this little tiny part-time reseller. Like I'm not some, you know, I'm not quote unquote Instagram famous or anything like that, you know? So you, your expectations are pretty low because I only have, well, now I have over 3,000 followers, which is like another thing. Like, it's like a surge oh, of everything. Congratulations. That's, That's so exciting. It was like a whole surge of like, you know, I got more followers and I had all these um, messages and it was just like, what even is happening? Like, it was just mm. it was surreal. It was surreal. But anyway, um, I have now, I went from, I think I had 523 items, something like that. And now I am down to, I believe it's 200 in 99. Let me take a So look. Are, is your goal to liquidate your um, Poshmark closet? Yeah, basically. Okay. Basically. Okay. So I have 313 right now, but it's because I put all the mystery boxes on, uh, on Poshmark on. now. Yeah. So I was under the 300 mark, but then I added the mystery boxes on there because some people reached out and said that they wanted to use their credits, which I totally get. Um, so I put them on there. Um, and that way I don't have to Good worry idea. about shipping either. You know, it's just Poshmark will handle that for me. You know, I had a little situation with the postal worker. I'm not going to get into details with it. It wasn't a big deal. He was young, inexperienced. Only one person so far has had an issue where they had to pay extra postage. So mm-hmm. everything is fine. But like I had said in my Instagram post, like if anyone has any issues with anything, because it's just good business practice and I'm not about you know, having someone foot the bill for anything that is technically an error on my end, even though I didn't make the error, I'm obviously going to pay the people back. But so far, it seems like only one person had an issue. So that's good. That when that's when that happened, I freaked out a little. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Oh, God, what if all the boxes have this issue? Because he really didn't check for me. You know what I mean? Like I just was it like a, a question of like how much an item weighed yeah. versus how much yeah. postage was put on? Yeah. So I had him check all my postage and um, he claimed that he did, but he clearly didn't because one of them came back that um, more money was owed on it. So, I mean, the the um, buyer who reached out was very sweet and, you know, she didn't even want the money, but I like, that's just not good business practice. I have to mm-hmm. give you money, you know, like mm-hmm. it, that's on me. It is not on you. I said shipping would be covered. Was it like a, was it a, was the box? Um, I'm so sorry. What's a flat rate? I'm sorry. It was it like was a, a large flat rate. Yeah, oh, so it okay. was a flat rate. So if he had measured it and, and, and weighed it for me, I would have just taken it out of the flat rate and just put it in my own box and done shipping differently. You know what I mean? So is there a limit on a flat rate box? No, there isn't a limit. So what happened was the dimensions were incorrect on the the label didn't match the box so it was in the wrong box okay so and, the label okay the label that you created didn't correct. match the box okay. correct correct and i mean all the rest of them were fine so i just you know and he said that one was fine too but clearly it wasn't and when gotcha. i went back and i looked um my so 
it's a long story. I'd rather not get into it on the <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. No, that's fine. I just had a couple um, questions. That's yeah. All. So, so that was, that, that was the problem with that box was that, um, the label didn't match the box itself, but he, and, and the weight was over what, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter regardless. Yeah. Uh, no shipping stuff happens. <laughs> it does. And it was a learning. So there's two big learning experiences for me. One prepackage the boxes beforehand. So if you plan on doing these mystery boxes, have everything already ready and in a box. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty logical, but I didn't do that. So that was one. Two, make sure your shipping is okay on all fronts, no matter how you do it. Um, and three, I guess, just be responsive to the people. Like, you know, people would even message me and say, hey, if I buy three boxes, will you discount it even more? Yep, absolutely, whatever you want. Like, if you're going to get this stuff out of my house, I will do whatever I can. Yeah, so that's an interesting business. Like, so that's like a shift completely in like how you you know, cause I feel like you have a lot of premium items in your closet and I wouldn't consider you like a discount Poshmark closet. Like yeah, no. I always, you were always more like higher end, higher prices sort of thing, like very yeah. specific with your sourcing and that sort of thing. So this is like a big shift. So was it the, was the inspiration that you, you know, I know like in last week's episode, you talked about the inventory really just getting to you and the space, like adding to stress and anxiety is um, it, or is it just like you're looking for like, like you're going, you're going off Poshmark. So this is something, this is a new avenue, like a new way to sell. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. I, mm-hmm. I want to start over. And the only way to do that is to get rid of everything. Now, not getting rid of every single piece. Like there's some pieces that I'm, I'm going to keep, mm-hmm. um, but the majority of it's going to go. And then whatever is not listed on Poshmark, cause I do have some things that I had pulled off of Poshmark that had every intention of either donating or um, setting to thread up, and I haven't done that yet. So I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it. I'm either going to send it all to thread up and call it a day, mm-hmm. or I might just take pictures of it all and then throw it in a box, a big box, and be like, hey, you know, if anyone wants, it's just like random things that I would never sell, but someone else might, you know, maybe price it at like 30 bucks or 20 bucks or something. That you currently have listed or just like hanging around? I had listed and it, I, I took it off a of Poshmark probably like three, three or four months ago. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just like that random inventory that I didn't really know what I was going to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 pieces that I might just throw in a box and say, here, have a blast. Twenty five. I think there's something for everyone, right? Like when I was going through my closet, I, I came by. <laughs> It was like a joke that I had so much old Navy, like so much old Navy. And I like old Navy, um, but I don't like it as much as my closet would indicate. <laughs> right. <laughs> as far right. as how much I had. But yeah, so I have like a pile of old Navy and, you know, looking to probably, and a mom reached out and she, she sent me the sweetest message. She's like, I'm in total like mom old Navy mode right now. Like that's where I'm at. And, you know, I would, I would love those old Navy pieces. And I think that's what's so great. Like there's, there's your high end buyers, they're your target people, your anthro people. Like it's, it's nice that you have something and you can offer it to people at whatever place they are at in their journey and their style, like whatever. It's great. That's that's great. Yeah. So there's that. And I don't know, I feel like there's just, I have so many ideas going on in my head. So, um, that I want to do with the business and I don't know if I'll completely get rid of Poshmark. So I think a part of me might continue to do these boxes, but on a different scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I think I would list those on Poshmark just because it's easier that way, even though Instagram gives you that instant money, you know, um, 
I don't know. I'm still kind of toying with that idea, but I do think I'm going to be doing the not so mystery boxes maybe once a month, once things yep. get better. Um, Cause I think it's fun. You know, it's fun for people that they can get inventory in a different way without leaving their house. Cause some people can't find some of these items where they live too. So I have to always yep. do that. Um, and then, you know, the, the rest of my inventory is going to go in a different place that we will talk about in the future. <laughs> Well, that is very exciting. I'm so happy for you. There's, yes. it's, it's fun. It's fun when your vision comes into focus. Yeah. And I, I think it just, it's a matter of just taking those action steps, it, the scary action steps that you don't really want to, because comfort is always nice, but it's good to be uncomfortable too. And it kind of pushes you to then start thinking differently, which is what this made me do. And I was like, do I really like, do I really want to be paying 20% of every sale to Poshmark all the time. And then the stuff is just sitting and I'm not making money right away unless it's like a super hot item. Like it just made me start thinking, you know, mm -hmm. there's gotta be a different way. There's gotta be a better way to, for me to do this too. And then have fun doing it too. Sure. I, like I wasn't really, cause Poshmark has been so up and down for me the last, I don't say like five months, really. It's been really up and down for me and I've kind of struggled with that. And, uh, you know, it's so funny in, in the grand scheme of things, eBay has actually taken off for me in the last two weeks. So yeah, you were saying that yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's a part of me that kind of struggles with it. Do I still then list on eBay and then still have this second thing that I'm, that I'm working on launch at the same time, you know, so I'm, I'm still kind of struggling with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't really feel like it has to be so black and white, you know, yeah. I think it's a process. And I mean, for me, I, I love the consistency that I have with Poshmark. So like where you're saying it's been very inconsistent, I feel like Poshmark has been my steady eddy over the course of my career as a full-time reseller. So, and yes, like the fees can be frustrating and all that stuff, but there's also like just given the, and I, I had the same thing happen to me when I did, like when I do like my online sales, like direct sales on YouTube, and then I send invoices through PayPal um, yeah, like you get into like, not, not always like shipping glitches, but there, it's, there's more work involved. And that's, I think where the 20% comes in. Like you don't really have to worry about any of that. And there's, there is a lot of value in that to me, like that, that is worth it. It's worth the 20% to me sometimes. Um, but I don't even know where I was going with that, but I, I, I do feel like I, yeah, like you can go in a couple different directions, you know, and, yeah. and that is, um, we had a whole episode on um, multiple streams of income. And that's what that's all about. Like whatever your new venture is, and then maybe a little bit of eBay, and then maybe a really select group of items in your Poshmark closet, it's diversifying. Yeah. And that's what's pretty exciting. And then you kind of move towards what your passion is. And if it's in your new venture, like then that's probably what you'll work the hardest on if that's what's inspiring you, you know, um, and it's nice that resellers now, I mean, I feel like with each passing year, there are just more and more options for resellers and ways to sell your stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see which direction I go in. And, you know, I've talked about it with my husband and stuff and we kind of agree, like, this is the next step um, for me and my business. And I don't know if I'll completely get rid of reselling platforms. I doubt I will. Um, but I kind of want to focus my energy in my big project right now and then just kind of go from there. And that's awesome. I have a, um, this is totally random. Well, not really. It kind of makes me think of this, but one of my friends from home has a Instagram account that I follow and she did a quote from Woody Harrelson. Do you like Woody mm -hmm. Harrelson? Yeah. I, I love him. I love Woody. I mean, he's really, he can be really out there and he's a little yeah. extreme, yep. but, um, 
he, she posted this thing that he said, I'm just going to read it. It says, whatever it is, coronavirus um, has made the mighty kneel and brought the world to a halt like nothing else could. Our minds are still racing back and forth, longing for a return to normalty and trying to stitch our future to our past and refusing to acknowledge the rupture. But the rupture exists and in the midst of the terrible despair. It offers us a chance to rethink the doomsday machine we have built for ourselves. Nothing could be worse than a return to normalcy, like just meaning like to maybe where we all used to be. Historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. This one is no different. It is a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. We can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice, hatred, our data banks and dead ideas Um, our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us, or we can walk through lightly with little luggage, ready to imagine another world and ready to fight for it. Like, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. I mean, even if you're just looking at it from an environmental perspective, I mean, the rivers are getting cleaner and the air is cleaner. And I mean, just all these different things. So it's, you know, as much as this pandemic is scary and it's terrible and people are dying and you know we're living in this world of fear right now there are some beautiful things that are coming from it so beautiful and and i don't think any single one of us will ever be the same i mean i feel like i've been a little bit sheltered by this i was working from home to begin with i'm still working from home like my day-to-day life hasn't really been hugely impacted and i feel like i'm in a little bit of a bubble actually and i feel guilty for it sometimes but um but still like people around me, like life, life is forever changed. And I think you can take that. And like he said, like you can be doomsday and talk about like the number of people dying every day, or you can just be like, okay, what, what can I do differently? And how can I, how can I step out of, into the light basically? And not to get like all like happy, clappy, touchy feely sort of thing, but you know, like I really think it's all in a way of how we look at things. Yeah. And it sounds like you're super excited. I am. I am. And I think this is just a good opportunity. Like whenever I'm in a situation that it seems dark and dreary, I tend to, you know, it's just who I am. I tend to then look at the positive things. Like what can I do like during this time that even though there's all this stuff happening around me, that's dark and dreary, what can I do to make it better? So, Mm -hmm. and that's just the way I have to look at it. And that's how I do a lot of things in life. You know, even when I'm super stressed out, okay, but what can I do to make to make the situation better for myself, even though I'm super stressed about X, what else can I do? So that's just right. who I am. And you know, mm-hmm. not everyone can focus like that, but that's just how I get through things. Yeah. Everybody has their own way, you know, and um, no, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I've been really excited. I have um, a friend who I've made through Instagram and um she's getting ready to do her first YouTube video and I'm like super excited for her because I feel like she's like made for the screen. She's actually a stand-up comic and she's beautiful and she has like a great um, eye for things. And I just, I just feel like this time is, is giving people the opportunity to think about what they really want and taking some chances. Yeah. I mean, I even thought about this. No, this is crazy for me to even say, I even thought about maybe I should start making videos and make a YouTube channel. And then I, I came back to reality and realized I don't have the time or the patience for that right now. So it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's really a personal decision. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so moving on a little bit, I have a question like, what, what are your business plans for the next four weeks? Um, like while we're in a shelter in place. I mean, I guess you probably, you may have covered that. You just talked about 
things that you want to do. I, I was thinking that for me, I'm trying to look at each week because sometimes just having five people under our roof and everybody kind of on a different plan, different agenda in our space, um, it's hard to get overly focused. Like that day that I that I decluttered my um, closet, I did not feed my children. I did not eat a healthy meal all day. I didn't see my family. Like, you know, it's hard when you do have children at home and a husband and, and things like that to just overly focus sometimes. So I'm trying to look at my weeks in the upcoming month, one week at a time. Yeah. So like this past week was, okay, I want to get that one video out and I want to pull the inventory, photograph it. I don't even have, um, you know, what I'm going to do with the other stuff that I'm not listing decided on yet. I haven't even gone through it, but I'm trying to give myself a little grace and say, let's look at things in terms of like one week, like one chunk, you know? So, um, that was last week. You know, I am going to do like one week. I'm going to focus finally on the American girl stuff. Cause that's another like piece of clutter in a sense in my life. Like I want to move some of that and I want to talk about that. So that'll be like another week and just like each week, like hoping to launch my website within the next month. And then I can talk about that. And I'm just trying to like look one week at a time and it's kind of helping me get through as opposed to just like over-focusing like on like a huge thing. Cause now I feel like we have time on our hand so we can take little bites of something without feeling totally overwhelmed. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about your website. Do you want to talk about it or do you want to wait? Oh, there's really nothing that's that, um, I'm, I've been working with Kristen, who we had as a guest on our show, and she's doing a custom site for me. And yeah, like I mentioned in the past, it's just, it's just, I found it was getting to be too much when I did my direct sales from my YouTube videos to, to go through all like the PayPal channels and all that. Um, I wanted a place where people could see a video and I could either say, this is going to be on Poshmark or this is going to be on my website. And so in my own brain, I just thought that, um, it's probably best for me to put heavy things on Poshmark mm -hmm. just from a weight perspective. And, um, you know, anything that's lighter or, you know, I want to offer like a better value on to people I'm going to put on my website. And I think that's how I'm going to determine what goes where. And I just really wanted a home base because between YouTube and Instagram and the podcast and direct sales and my Amazon store and like just the the few things that I, I have going on, I just was really craving like a home base for people to go to. Like realistically, people are probably going to see me on Instagram and YouTube more than they'll see my website, but I just kind of wanted my own space. Right. And um, I'm also going to start offering closet consults and coaching. Um, or closet consult slash coaching. So my plan is to do um, like a closet consult that will be follow up with follow followed up with a video chat, like a Zoom video chat to like mm -hmm. go through the process. And people have asked me, like not like a slew of people, but I've I've definitely had people say, Do you do coaching? Do you do closet consults? And I've just never had a system in place. And I've just felt I feel like my website will be a place for that, just like a home base. And I'm sure it will evolve, but um Kristen's been so good um, to work with. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's nothing like over the top crazy. It's just, it's a, it's, it's just a place for me that I'm, I'm happy that it can be like a portal to all the other facets of my reselling business. And I thought that was important to have and the timing was right. So yeah, I don't, I don't know when it's going to launch probably. I mean, we're still revising it. So I would say, I don't know, maybe over the course of a week or two, it should be out, I think. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Our websites would be launching around the same time. Oh, good. Well, that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited. I don't think it's going to really like hugely change my business. Um, I mean, the, the consult thing is definitely something new that I'm looking into. But again, that will be a learning process. I don't know how many people will even want them or how how many slots will fill or I'll offer. But, you know, I have a starting point and, and I'm excited about that. So I guess we'll go from there. Well, I think your presence on YouTube helps too when it comes to the closet consults. You know, people see you on YouTube. They're watching your videos. So they're more likely to ask you for your opinion. You know? Well, yeah, if, if, if my, if my business model is something that people enjoy, you know, if, you know, because like I say all the time, like I'm, I'm chatty on YouTube, like some people like quick YouTube videos. If, if somebody connects with me and they feel like they would value my opinion or they look at my closet and they enjoy it, you know, some people have much prettier closets than I have, but you know, if somebody relates to me and, and that's something that they want to tap into, I, I just want to make myself available. And it's, I think, I think it could be a good, a good thing. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. Mm. I, like it. I have Thank a question you. for you. So besides doing the whole Marie Kondo thing, right? Are you yes. going to source online? Um, I've, I've done it a little bit since I've been actually, I'm lying completely. I've shopped for myself online. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone onto sites with the intention to source for others. And then like $200 later, I have like a box shipped to my house for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I guess it's never, I am really like when I see all the wholesale stuff and all the pallets, like that doesn't get me going. It's just I, I think because I'm a little bit older, like I think if I were young, like if I were your age, I would probably be like totally amped up for like pallets and wholesale and grow, grow, grow and warehouse. And I don't know if it's just I'm in a different phase in my life. Like to me, my thing that I want to keep doing is like travel and thrift. And I want to hit every Goodwill outlet I possibly can and do a video on it. Like I feel, I feel like my viewers like it and I like it. I just have different goals in sight. So um, I haven't been sourcing online much. It's, does, it's not what excites me. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah, and I think because I just did my whole closet, I have so much to work to do that it's just not my thing. And I feel like the few retail arbitrage things that I've done most recently, there's always some good scores, like always. But I mean, if I, if I find four retail arbitrage hits where I buy like two or three of one item and maybe I make, say even, let, let's aim high, say I make like $400 on six items, which, which that's really high. But sometimes these are like higher priced items. I'm making a lot more money selling $25 anthro shirts. You know what I mean? Like day to day. Right. So I feel like there's a lot of energy that goes into retail arbitrage. And I find that if I'm just more consistent with the stuff that I'm doing, like the 1200 items I have, like that stuff I feel like is a better investment of my time. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm not. That was a very long explanation. I'm sorry for that. (laughs) That was very long answer to say, no, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have no interest in sourcing online. It's just, I look like, I look at it. I'm like, okay, we're going to sit and we're going to look and we're going to find things. And then about five minutes into it, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I feel like I have a short attention span for it. Yeah. Cause it, well, it's not the same. It's just not the same. I love the environment of the thrift store. I, and I'm sure there are super successful resellers that think just the opposite. So I, I always hesitate to like give my, I mean, this is our podcast. So obviously we're giving our opinion, but I mean, online resources. I mean, I actually, you know what I did over the break? I was like, let me look into wholesaling. I found a wholesale company that I liked and I did this big order, right? And the price point was great. It was like, I want to say the average cost of goods was going to be about $7. Things were new with tag, like lots of fun, like caftans and just like trendy pieces, right? Because when you're buying boutique and you're not buying for brand, you're buying based on style. So I found all these cute things. I had my daughter source, like give me some pointers from like a young person's perspective, had the whole order ready to go this is great. I'm going to try this. And it was, I was thinking in terms of my website, you know, this is something I will put on my website and then not have to pay the 20%. It'll be like, maybe I'll have a section with just all new items as one of my tabs, you know, like I was just in that creative process. I go to check out and they're like shipping options overnight, $350, um, you know, 10 to 50. So shipping was like $150 and it was coming from China. Oh my God. This is like, this is like the opposite of what I do. This is like fast fashion coming from China. Yep. Like this is not me. Like this is not what I do. And and like I had spent like two hours on the site. I was actually pretty excited. Like bathing suits for like 99 cents with great reviews. I mean, there were some real gems in that order. And then I was like, no, I just can't do it. And it so if I had done it with the shipping, my cost of goods would have been about $9 per item. That's too much. Like, it's just too much. Like, I don't, I don't love this stuff. I don't love what it stands for. I don't love that. It's like, yeah. So like literally squash the whole order after like two hours, a ton of research. And then when I went to ship it, like, I don't know what in my brain gave me the impression shipping was going to be like four ninety nine or something. <laughs> I don't know what, I just didn't think of shipping. Like didn't think of shipping until I was ready to check out and was like, oh, okay, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and so kind of to your point, like, I just feel like it was a waste of, it wasn't a waste of time because I learned something from it. And if the right wholesaler came up, I did find a wholesaler that was, um, specific made in the USA items that it almost had like an Etsy feel to it. And Mm -hmm. it was supporting local vendors um, in the United States. So the buy-in was much more money, like much more money. But I was like, you know what, if I did like a four or $500 order and I had like maybe just like five pieces that I absolutely loved in multiples. And I really believed in the company and the company's story and the quality. Like I could get behind this, make a little investment and just test it on my website. You know, like I, I, so that is more the avenue I'm looking into now is like maybe local vendors, but, um, but yeah, nothing yet, nothing yet. And that's even different than online retail arbitrage. That's like wholesale. Yeah. Every time I look at wholesale, I get a pit in my stomach because I look at shipping and I'm just like, yeah, no, I can't do it. I yeah. And this local like one, this, this one made in the USA was actually free shipping. That was like oh, something wow. that the company was offering. So yeah. So 
I don't know. And then like, I think Savannah, I think Street Savvy did a post either yesterday or today, and she had done some retail arbitrage with uh, Good American, and she had mm-hmm. like all these camo jackets, and immediately it was like, oh those are awesome. Like, no. And I was like, now that I could get behind. Like, so I'm totally inspired by people who are doing it. Um, but it, it just, I haven't gotten there yet. Not to say that if we're still in the situation in May, I'll be all over online stuff. Like once I get through my own closet listings, but not right now, I haven't been into it. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where I want to do it. And I just, I just don't, it's not me. I can't get yeah. into it. Right. Yeah. So- Let's talk about a listener question that we had. So we figured we'd add this in. We have some people that send us messages throughout the week. Um, and sometimes it's not stuff that we can make a whole episode out of, but we want to kind of highlight mm-hmm. uh, and have that in here. So one of the questions that we received, and it's got multiple parts to it, so I'll, I'll read the whole thing and then we'll break it down. So the question is, has sourcing as resellers changed the way you shop for yourself? Has thrifting slash sourcing, researching, and evaluating so many different kinds of clothes changed or influenced your personal style? Which is a really great question. I love this question. The first part, let's answer it. How has sourcing as resellers changed the way you shop for yourself? All right, go ahead. I feel like I just talked a lot. Your turn. Okay. (laughs) Um, So for me personally, I definitely shopped retail a lot more um, before I started uh, reselling seriously. So I, you know, I still was a discount shopper and I would go to the outlets and, um, you know, TJ Maxx and that kind of stuff, but I definitely would pay retail price. I didn't go to thrift stores really wasn't a part of what I did when it came Mm -hmm. to shopping. So that's the major way that, um, sourcing as a reseller changed the way I shop for myself. Now I do buy things at the thrift store. Most of my items are now thrifted. Um, I do have some retail pieces here and there, but for the most part, it's all thrifted. What about you, Lori? That's awesome. Um, oh, it has definitely shaped who I am. And I mentioned this in my in my latest video, my Marie Kondo video, that I, as I was going through all the Old Navy shirts and the H&M stuff, and, you know, with the, with the Marie Kondo method, you're supposed to hold every item and determine whether or not it brings you joy, you know, and then the music of the heavens is in the background. And, um, (laughs) you know, I just, but I, I really did look at each piece and, um, and some, what I noticed about myself is sometimes I just, I had so much stuff. I didn't know what I had and I would buy it over again in some other form. And I feel like one of the things she talks about is respecting your clothes (laughs) At the risk of sounding kind of corny, I have adopted that more. I think because I spend my career and time looking through clothes and trying to find quality pieces. And then I come home and I have all this junk in my closet. Like I I have a huge range. Let me just say I am a lifelong thrifter. I've thrifted forever. And I definitely have a soft side for certain designer pieces. So I am notorious for having like a you know, like a really high end pair of shoes with a 99 cent t-shirt, you know, like I mix it up all the time. And I'm, you know, I was always the kid when someone's like, Oh my God, I love your pants. I'd be like, Oh, thank you. They were 99 cents. Like, instead of being like, yes, I just bought it. It's the new line of what's it, you know, like I was always yeah. way more proud to share my bargains than to brag about a high end thing. Like, cause I feel like it's very easy to put like, not easy, but like you can put a 
it's just, it, there's no challenge in it. So I, I really love the challenge of find, finding something thrifted. It brings me like monumentally more joy. But when I went through my closet recently, I just said, I have decided I am 46 years old. I don't need to have these like disposable brands in my closet. Like I have a lot of them still that like, just like they fit and I like them, but it has definitely shaped me in the sense that I, I want quality now. I spend my time looking for quality and I want to apply that to my own closet. So it, it, it definitely has. And, and a lot of my stuff is thrifted, but the thing that I'm trying to be careful about now, which I don't know if this happens to you, Daniela, is like going to the bins and being like, oh, well, it's only whatever. So I'll take that home with me because one of the main things I cleared out of my closet when I was going through were thrifted items that may have been slightly flawed. And I'm like, well, it's not okay for my customers, but it's okay for me. And there's a part of me that's like, you know what? I should, I should try to do a little better for me. Like wearing something that is nice makes me feel good. So not that like you can't find quality pieces at a lower price point because you absolutely can't, but just that, just that basic stuff is just, I just don't need it in my closet anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely done that too. I'm like, Oh, it has a tiny hole. It's fine. I can fix it and wear it. Not a big deal. Um, so the next part of this is has thrifting, sourcing, researching, and evaluating so many different kinds of clothes changed or influenced your personal style. Um, hmm. Not so much my not, personal style. Not, I don't know. Go ahead. What do you think? No, I was going to say something like, no, I don't think it's changed my personal style. I think it's helped me um, enhance things that I wanted in my repertoire, right? In my closet that I just didn't have before because it was just out of my price range. And now I'm finding things that oh, are yeah. similar, right? Or the exact item that I want at a lower price point that I can afford. So it's, it's enhanced. I would say it's enhanced my wardrobe. Sure. I like that. I like that. I feel like it's a combination of doing this for work and also being on YouTube that I feel like I try to push myself a little bit more than I did prior to doing this for work. Um, like I have a lot of my comfort zone, like I'm literally sitting in my closet right now and I'm looking at about 30 caftans, which is like my go-to thing. Like my uniform is like a caftan with like a tank top or something and like leggings underneath, like that's my look or skinny jeans with a caftan. And so Yes, I, I find I find that doing this has really made me more aware of my style and what I like and things that work for me. But I also feel like when I'm thrifting, I will take more risks and chances. Like I'm not big on patterned things, um, but I will buy pattern because I either want, like I can't wear a black sweater in every one of my YouTube videos. I want to differentiate sometimes. So I'm like, you know, I will try this or I'm, I'm preaching. Like we did this whole episode, you and I on spring trends and let's look for trends and what's fun. And then I look at my 14 hoodies and I'm like, whoa, you're a real trendsetter, Lori. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I feel like it's, it's um, pushed me out of my comfort zone a little bit to try new fashion and to kind of practice what I preach basically. And, um, try things that might be a little more trendy or maybe try to put a belt on, which I never do and just wear it high up. So it looks like it gives me a waist with a sweat, you know, like just try different things. A, because like you said, they're at lower price points. And so I, it's not so bad to take the risk and B just because we are in the fashion industry, even right. though it's reselling. So I like to flex that muscle a little bit. And that is a result of all the research we've done and doing what we do. That was a yeah. fun question. Yeah, that's a really good question. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you guys have questions that you want us to answer, we'll just start filtering them into the episodes. So I think it's fun to answer viewer, listener, you know, questions. 
Oh, for sure. There, there are some great questions. And like last week we did a whole episode on question and answers, but not every week, like you said, there, there aren't always, you know, yeah, so many questions that we can take up a whole episode, but yeah, that's a fun thing to introduce. I like it. All right. So this week we're not doing take it or leave it because I mean, not, none of us are really sourcing and we just felt like it might string up some negative emotions. So we're going to do something a little different. And this was Lori's idea. So Lori, you can, you can introduce it. Yeah. I just felt like take it or leave it isn't really relevant right now. You know, I feel like, um, we've done it several weeks in a row and I love it, but yeah, this week it was just like, what are we taking or leaving? We're not, we're not in the thrift stores. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. So I don't know. I had like a few different ideas. Like I was thinking of like, what are things on our bucket list or, but I figured how about let's go with like, okay, like a tough reseller scenario given our current environment and like a, a one to two, three sentence suggestion. And I say that for myself to cap myself off, um, how to turn it into a positive. So, um, for example, we, so we have three things. So one of the things a lot of people are talking right now about our low sales. So what are we doing to increase our sales, turn low sales into something positive outside of what we're used to doing? Yep. Go. Okay. So low sales. Um, so I've experienced low sales over the last few months. And what I did personally was besides the mystery, not so mystery boxes that I did, um, running sales, doing Instagram sales, doing something that's a little more social. Everyone's on their phone. Everyone's online. Everyone's looking at things. So this is the perfect opportunity to change that situation and, uh, you know, be a little more social on social media. That kind of sounds weird, but being yeah, no, that's a great suggestion on that's social great. media. And, you know, even if it feels uncomfortable, maybe go on Instagram live and do like a live auction kind of thing, make it fun. I mean, everyone's sitting at home, people are going to jump on. So that's just an idea. I love that. I actually love that. I, I didn't think of it like that's that intentional, you know, like use social media as your platform. Um, I like that a lot. Um, so for me, for low sales, um, very typical stuff. I've been sending out a lot of offers and um, I think that my sales did pick up this week uh, compared to two weeks ago. Um, but sending out a lot of offers and being okay with a lower average selling price in order to make some sales, just having that flexibility. And another thing that I did this week, as I mentioned, like feeling a little bit stuck in my bubble here in wanting to help and not really like knowing how to do it is I, I just decided that while we are shelter in place until April 30th, that I was going to donate $2 of every sale I make on Poshmark, $5 from every single bundle to a fund that uh, I was thought was a good one. So I just researched funds and I wanted to do a local one. So there's a Boston Resiliency Fund and it's giving, they're giving money. It's always been there, but they're focusing their effort right effort right now on the coronavirus and how it's impacted the Boston community. So, um, you know, they help with technology for students who don't have access to technology. They help with um, people on the front line, doctors, first responders, I mean, nurses, first responders, things like that. So I did post that on Instagram and I, for the first time yesterday in a bundle, mentioned it to someone. And I just said, I just want you to know, like, cause she had three things in a bundle and we were going back and forth with negotiation. And I just said, um, 
through April 30th, I'm going to donate $5 from every bundle to the Boston Resiliency Fund. And she said, that's great. And she purchased it. And I still like, it was still like a 40% off bundle. So right. it wasn't like, I was like holding that as like, oh, like buy this and that. Like, it wasn't like that sort of exchange. Like we were already negotiating. It was still 40% off. And I just wanted to like thank her. And I think what I'm going to do now is just like at like, post everybody's closet who has made a purchase under my ad. Like I did like a, what I put on um, Instagram, I also put on Poshmark, like as like just a sale sort of thing, like an advertisement. And then I think under in the comment section, I'm just going to put everybody's Poshmark closet that has contributed to the sale. And my goal is $300 by the end of the month. Oh, I love that. So that was just like something different that I figured I would try. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, low inventory. Yeah. So I'm probably not a good person to have a discussion on this, but if you are experiencing low inventory, there are lots of people out there right now that are doing mystery boxes or the not so mystery boxes like I started doing. Um, you know, you can do sourcing from your own closet like Lori's doing. There, there are things around your house that I know even other resellers have talked about, like Denali has talked about it. Um, you know, find things around your house, find things your kids don't play with anymore, you know, and put them on there, put them on eBay, put them on Poshmark and, you know, you'll see things start to move. So we all have Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, for sure. It was sourcing from my closet when my inventory got low. And I think one of the things on my bucket list, which we'll see if we get to it, because we all know it's not my favorite is selling on eBay. So yeah, tapping into all the, the, the pile of hard goods that I've collected for someday to sell and actually selling them. Yeah. So maybe, maybe going over to a different platform and looking for different types of inventory. So if you're typically a hard goods seller, maybe you consider clothing. If you're typically clothing, maybe you're going to look into like hard goods, maybe health and beauty or, you know, books, things like that. So yeah, I think there are a lot of suggestions out there right now on how to battle low inventory, but those are all great suggestions. Yeah. And the last one is isolation. So I unfortunately am not isolating because I'm essential and have to go to work and I'm the designated person to go to the grocery stores and the pharmacies and stuff. So um, my isolation has been here and there on the weekend. And I think night, you want more isolation. Yeah, I would love to be isolated <laughs> in a room away from everyone. So yeah. if people can make that happen, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so I, I am not isolating and it's not because I don't want to, it's just I, I can't. So... Right. But yeah. I'm being safe, you know, I'm doing all the things I have to do. And, you know, I miss, I miss seeing my friends and stuff, but I'm trying to FaceTime and check in on people. And, you know, we're a lot of video chatting and talking on the phone and all that kind of stuff. And just, and I'm checking in a lot of people because I know they're stuck in quarantine or they're stuck in isolation. And I just want to make sure everyone's doing okay. And they don't need anything because I can go out there. And if let's say for let's say in the future that we do have an actual shutdown, you know, and the state completely were to shut down or all the states were to shut down, being that I'm an essential worker and have and have the badge that I have, you know, I'd still be able to go out there and, and help other people. So. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, thank you for all you're doing for everybody. Well, no problem. It's just part of the job, right? Like everyone, mm -hmm. just like health workers, like they're the real heroes in it all, you know, and, um, you just, it's just what you do, right? It's part of your job. You're there to help people and everybody has their role. Right. Right. It's not, it's not work. It's just, this is, it's your time, you know, and this is, this is what you train for. This is what you do. So yeah. 
it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, I think you touched on some of the suggestions I would have for isolation too, like a lot of Zoom chats and um, my, my mother-in-law uh, started, she was the cutest. She's like, I just started Zoom, tap into Zoom. So we're all like looking on our Zoom apps to try to tap in because she had started this group for our family. And it was actually an app called Zoo, Zoo Me. Like, so it's for kids. So it has like a little, like a little bear cub, like animated. <laughs> so it's Zoom for kids and it's called Zoo Me. And um, so anyways, it's really funny because now our family chat is on this little like kid thing. But um, <laughs> we have been like, it's funny because even family members who live 20 minutes away, like you realize that on day-to-day -day stuff, when you're busy and you have whatever is going on in your life, you're not really making time necessarily even for family. And to have these Zoom chats, like with my, my in-laws are hysterical. And my husband's the oldest of four. There's two boys, two girls, and they go in that order. And I love them all. And we just have a blast. And the in-laws are on and the nieces and nephews are popping on with their Play-Doh. And like just like, it's been really fun. And I feel like that's been a really nice way, especially for my in-laws who, um, my father-in-law, has had a heart attack he's had a stroke like he is definitely compromised in the sense like he shouldn't be going out there so I think especially for the people who are in isolation the zoom chats have just been just so funny my husband actually put a piece of tape over his camera on his <laughs> phone because he's like there's just so much zoom chats going on I'm just afraid I'm gonna like touch a button and like something bad is going to happen when my camera's on. Like, <laughs> so he has tape over. So unless he's like intentionally on a call, like there's tape over it. And I just laugh because that's like the new norm. Everybody's on Zoom chat. So I think some of the drive-by visits have been very sweet, a nice way to battle isolation. Um, you know, just um, Angeline and her friends, they all drive. Angie is 18 and they decided they were just going to go. They all I think they all baked something for themselves and they went and they parked each of their cars like in a field and they were all apart and they like hopped in their trunk or put down their hatchback or whatever. And they literally just sat in like a distant circle just so that they could look at their friends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. isolation's hard. I mean, in especially this time of year, I mean, we were talking about it before it's going to be Easter in a couple of weeks. Like today's uh, next week, a week right. from today. Yeah, I mean, yeah, next week. That's right. And today's Palm Sunday, and it's like you know, it's just this is like a big time, especially in Italian households where you have big oh my gosh, we were talking about this. I know, and it's it's sad, but you know, we're gonna make the best of it, and we're gonna do everything that we can um, to make it feel somewhat normal, right? Whether you know if that means we're all on Skype with each other, you know, and having eating that way. Yeah. So in out. our house, we do um, a huge, so when, when I was growing up, the Easter bunny at my house did not hide eggs. The Easter bunny hit our basket mm -hmm. and did like very complicated um, scavenger hunt for our basket. So the Easter bunny does the same thing in my house. And even though uh, we have a 21 year old an 18 year old and a 15 year old, we are like amping it up hardcore this year. So the Easter bunny is going to like really make the kids work for their baskets. And um, I just think it's funny because typically it's about like a 10, 15 minute hunt. And like, we do a lot of cheesy things and the kids laugh at us. And um, you know, this year the Easter bunny's showing up hardcore because we're just trying to make it fun for the kids. And yeah, so we have Easter next week and then Anthony turns 21 the week after that. And so we, I feel like I have to really work hard to make that special. So 
we've gotten the list of alcohol that he wants. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> For some fun cocktails. And he is actually um, planning on doing like a big Zoom chat with all of his friends from college because, you know, there's this particular bar at Penn State that they all go to for their 21st birthday and it's like a really big deal. And he's sad to say the least. It's an understatement. Um, so they are all rallying around him and they're doing like a big Zoom chat um, for his 21st oh, birthday. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So that is that. So I think that's a wrap. Is there any, any other like scenario like you want to no, I think, I think those are the top three things that we're seeing, you know, in the community and people that are discussing, you know, I think that's I it. think the reseller lives have been really fun too, like Saturday Night Live with, um, you know, Denali and Laura oh, and Blake, and just like there have been lives in, yeah. yep, in Hugo and yes, yeah, so, um, and then Grateful Queen is doing Live at Five on Quenby has been really consistent with her Friday night. And then yeah. Bill and Tori, Girly Girl Style and Girly Girl Style's Hubs, uh, they do their Sunday night. Like, and they're just like, honestly, it's like for me, some of these, while I'm busy for some of them, I, I'm always like, it's always kind of in the back of my mind. Like I'm, I find myself like trying to work dinner around being able to hop onto someone's live because yeah. it's a nice way to connect. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to do the same thing too, or I have it on and I'm, you know, packaging or doing things for the business. So it's nice to see everyone's face. It is. So everyone, you're all doing a great job. Be good to yourself and um, give yourself credit because this is a really hard time. And I think I'm seeing some really beautiful things coming out of this. So yeah, try to keep your head up, stay positive, And of course, be safe out there. Yeah. We got this. We got this. All right, everyone. Have a great week. We appreciate Bye. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.